I'm going to be reading from John 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. God created us to be with him, but what happened? Why are we where we are now? Oh, our sins separate us from God. In Romans 3.23, it says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It is so much easier to sin than it is to do what is righteous. It is human nature to sin. But God is forgiving. As long as we repent, we can still gain the gift of his eternal life. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. I will be reading from Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were made dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. This reminds me of one time. I was making my mother a birthday cake, and I went away for about five minutes to check on the laundry, and I came back, and the cake was burnt black. It looked disgusting, But instead of making a new cake like any normal person would do, I took it out of the oven and I decided to make it pretty with her favorite kind of frosting. So I I decorated it. It was beautiful. And so I handed it. I sliced a piece for her and I handed it to her. And she took a bite and she did one of those, oh, it's delicious, and like spit it out into her napkin. And this is like, if you think about it, this is like our sins. The burnt cake is our sin and we try to cover it up with good deeds and make it look pretty, but in the end, all it is is just a burnt cake. And now we will take our communion. Let us pray. Dear Lord, bless this cup and bread, your blood and your body, and may they bring us closer to you. Amen. Now the simple may divine for any two. 
We ask that you bless these gifts and those you gave them. More importantly, we ask that you bless those who need them. Amen. P. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. To think that he died for me, that Jesus' death, which was a 2,000 years ago, was for me and you and for all our sins. Here's a way to put it into perspective. I love to shop, and I'm sure there are people out there who like to shop too, and you know, we have our credit cards and stuff, and every time you swipe that card, you build up more debt. Well, our sins are like our debt to the devil, and every time we sin, we swipe that card again. Except this debt, we can't pay ourselves. We needed something bigger than us. We needed Jesus. That's why God sent his one and only son to be with us. Jesus died on the cross just so we could be with God, free of charge, no strings attached. Jesus paid our debt to the devil just because God loves us. There's no possible way for us to repay God, but just knowing that he loves us and that we've been forgiven for our sins should motivate us to strive to walk the life of Jesus and to spread the good news. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, it reads, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. This means that Jesus didn't just come for me, or for you, or the people in this room. He came for everyone, everyone in the entire world. He came for your neighbor with an annoying dog who barks till 2 in the morning, or the guy who cut you off as you were driving here, or the girl who forgot your fries with your Big Mac at lunch yesterday came for everyone. So everyone deserves to know the good news about Jesus and that we are saved through him. Now John the Apostle is writing to a town called Ephesus and he begins First John chapter 2 by saying, my dear children. Three simple words, my dear children. And in those three words, the love that John has for these people is shown. He writes 
to them, asking them to stop their sinning and to repent, and telling them that they must walk like Jesus in order to be truly saved. You see, the people of Ephesus have strayed from the path and have fallen into sinful ways. He tells them all this because he loves them, because Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them and us. Haven't you ever heard the expression, I'd take a bullet for you? Has anyone ever said they'd lay down their life for you? Well, that's exactly what Jesus did, except he didn't know us on a deep personal level, and yet he still died for us. Don't you love your friends? So why not tell your friends that even though they may not know Jesus, he still died for them, and that it's never too late to start up a relationship with him. Simply saying to them that Jesus loves them, and so do you, could change someone's thinking on Jesus in a whole new way. Also, Jesus tells us to love our neighbors, so why not tell your neighbor that, even yes, the one with the annoying dog, that Jesus loves them. Letting them know that he died on the cross and then rose again three days later is striving to walk like Jesus. And you know what? God smiles whenever you do that. This past February, I, along with my fellow youth members, went to Loveland to a Dare to Share conference. And this was my fourth or fifth one, so I kind of knew the drill where they would dare us to go out and share our faith with our peers. And so they asked us to text a friend and spread the word, which is really scary, like going out and sharing your word and your faith with someone that you're close to, and you don't want to lose that friend if they reject you or something. But it's also scary to go out into the community and tell total strangers, which is what they also dared us to do. And as Samantha and I were walking through the mall that day, I could feel God within me, and I could feel God around us. And I felt him watching over us, and I was just filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing that God loved us. So just remember that God loves us, and that's why he sent Jesus to pay the price for sin. That's why Jesus died and rose again. E. Everyone who trusts in him gains eternal life. Jesus so loved us that he became one of us purely to die and cleanse this world of all sins. Um, he died so that anyone who trusts in him and truly believes can gain eternal life with him in his kingdom. Um, we turn to a verse I'm sure we all well know very well, uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. This is a very powerful thing. Life with Jesus doesn't just start when you die and go to heaven. It starts as soon as you accept him into your heart. I will read John 5, 24. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life.
It's the full story of life crushed into four minutes. The entirety of humanity in the palm of your hand crushed into one sentence. Listen, it's intense, right? God, our sins, paying everyone life. The greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told. God. Yes? God. The maker and giver of life. And by life, I mean any and all manner and substance. Seen and unseen. What can and can be touched. Thoughts, image, emotions, love, atoms, and oceans. God. All of it is handiwork, one of which is masterpiece, made so uniquely that angels look curiously. The one thing in creation that was made with his imagery, the concept, so cold. It's the reason I stay bold, how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul. Formed with the intent of being infinitely, intimately fond. Creator and creation held an eternal bond. And it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong. A species got deceived and started lusting for his job. An odd list of complaints. As if the system ain't working. And used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him. And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome. And by nature of your nature... Your species, you participated in the mutiny, our, yes, our sins. It's nature inherited, black in the human heart. It was over before it started. Deceived from day one and led away by our own lust. There's not a religion in the world that doesn't agree that something's wrong with us. The question is, what is it and how do we fix it? Are we eternally separated from a God that may or may not have existed? But that's another subject. Let's keep grinding besides trying to prove God is like defending a lion, homie. It'll need your help. Just unlock the cage. Let's move on on how our debt can be paid. Short and sweet. The problem is sin. Yes, sin. It's a cancer. An asthma choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God. And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection. But silly us trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus. This is us. Keep up your good deeds. Chant, pray, meditate. But all of that, of course, is spraying cologne on a corpse. Or you could choose to ignore it as if something don't stink. It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe. But all of that ends with how good is good enough. Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection. Good luck. That's life past your pay grade. The cost of your soul, you ain't got a big enough piggy bank. But you could give it a shot. But I suggest you throw away the list. Because even your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. Here's what God says as part A of the gospel. You can't fix yourself. Quit trying. It's impossible. Sin brings death. Give God his breath back. You owe him. Eternally separated. And the only way to fix it is someone die in your place. And that someone got to be perfect. Or the payment ain't permanent. So if and when you find a perfect person, get him or her to willingly trade their perfection for your sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness his death functions as payment. Yes, payment. Wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection we all cheered because that means the check cleared. 
pierced feet, pierced hands, blood-stained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. And anyone and everyone, and by everyone I mean everyone, who puts their faith and trust in Him, and Him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness. And here's what the promise is, that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ and Christ alone. You are receiving life. Yes.